Welcome to this new episode of the Are You Listening podcast brought to you by New Amendment Geo. It's been a couple of weeks, man. What's been up? It's been a little bit, man. It's you know, been, been some tough losses, uh, but some good basketball being watched right now. So, you know, trying my best to enjoy March Madness, even though our team isn't in there. You know, obviously <laughs> wanted to see the Scarlet Knights in there. but Travesty. But uh, March is always fun, man. Been some upsets, been some great games, and uh, you know, just trying to enjoy it. Been watching it with some friends and going out, trying, trying to have a good time with it. How, how has everything been with you in that front? It's been good, man. Um, just head down. Nice little reprieve, if you will, with the season now being over, uh, which is much needed. I'm looking forward to going on a vacation. You book yours yet? I haven't booked anything yet, man, but I'm thinking Greece. I'm thinking Greece, man. I'm thinking Greece. I haven't, I haven't booked anything. I mean, look, Chicago was a little bit of a vacation weird. in that itself. Was that was cool, um, man. That Have you ever cool. been there around St. Patrick's Day? I had a chance to uh, partake in the dying of the river. Yeah, Obviously, we were running around for the Big Ten tournament, calling games and doing the live podcast. Shout out to the Over Under Sports bar and everybody who had a hand and yes, putting that together it was a phenomenal event man and then going out and, and living it up at night man it was a good old time yeah man shout out shout out et shout out beyond the big 10 it was a shout out over under sports bar it was it was a great time and, and uh you know felt like i got a chance to meet a lot of people and first time like really being out in chicago like i never really uh, i've been over there before for basketball but i never got a chance to to go out and really see the city and i you know i really i really enjoyed the city i got a chance to Go to, oh man, it's the the name of the pizza place slipping my mind. But tried the deep dish pizza. It was good. It was good, bro. Right I thought there. I don't I don't think it's as good as New York style. But yeah, that's the, it was that's the right that's the right answer, right? It was there. something different though. Like I, I it was cool. That shit is I, lasagna, I lasagna. Yeah. Yo, but it I ended not- up I ended up uh, like talking to some dude the whole time. I went there by myself. I had no one to go. I went by myself. I'm sitting there eating. End up talking to some dude who's from Jersey. We have this long ass conversation. He ended up paying for my whole meal, bro. I'm like, oh, oh see. Like, yeah, it's dope. It's dope. Like, the places basketball will take you, bro. That yeah, is no, incredible. Crazy. Love to hear that. Chopping it up over a good meal. Can't ask for much more. I had a chance to peruse around, um, do a little bit of a food tour. Did Gibson Steakhouse the first night. Had uh, the Indiana staff sitting across from me. They was plotting and game planning. And we'll get into obviously how the Big Ten is doing all in all. And this is dating back to the Big Ten conference tournament. And then now we're present day with the NCAA tournament. So had a chance to go to Portello's and Big Isles, the Starbucks Reserve, and do the Mag Mile thing as well. And then, again, the Beyond Big Ten Live event was very elite and also had the chance, man, a little bit of a personal plug to try my hand at Bloomberg Sports and Business, man. I had my first reps doing... Um, you know, a nationally syndicated show uh, for Bloomberg as well, man. So really excited to continue to kind of get reps. It was good, man. Um, Did it with like some really seasoned veterans, uh, Scarlett Fu, um, who's been on the airways uh, now for, I think, almost 20 years, man, and felt right at home. So it was good to be able to get and and spar with people like that and feel like you can hold your own, man. So it was really, really fulfilling. But Anything anything on the horizon for you? And I know you always working. Just busy, man. I mean, just busy with this training right now. I love I love the basketball training, trying to help the kids, trying to expand it, honestly. I've been doing a ton of 
uh, like little weekend clinics and camps uh, for other people, you know, and I show up and I don't really ask for a big amount of money just so that way I can get in front of the kids and show them the drills that I do. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, you know, they like them and, and they're learning something from it. And uh, that, that can kind of help expand my, my little training. But other than that, you know, just staying the course, bro, trying to, trying to learn, always trying to learn something, listening to my little business podcast on the, on the, in the car ride, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, but every, everything, everything is good, man. Love that. What do you think is the most important, you know, skill to harp on for kids in this most impressionable phase in their development? Um, ball handling. Ball handling? Ball I handling. think I wish I would have learned that because I wouldn't handling. have been a six foot seven center. If I had I mean, ball handling, let's go. Dude, it's, but now, like, and it's like, you're joking about it, but it's for real. Like, it's especially serious. the way the game is now, like, you you looking at, you know, the way dudes are playing, you got to be able to dribble. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you got four or five guys at all times on the court who can dribble, and there's certain habits that you can't break once you get to a certain age. Like, there's certain high school kids that I work with now that I, obviously, I just started doing basketball training, so there's certain habits that they have. Like, no matter how many times I say something or, no, it needs to look like this. They they can't do it. Like you cannot go back. But with the younger kids, you could say, and they'll immediately start to get it, just because they don't. They they never developed that habit, the the wrong habit. So I think ball handling is is the most important by far. Like, and you can learn, like NBA, like they'll they'll teach you how to shoot once you get there. Like you're gonna mm-hmm. get up enough shots, but like you got to be able to create the shot first. And I think that's that's the biggest thing for me. Funny you say that. You still see that as uh, a, something that is a big deficiency even at the highest levels of NCAA basketball to this day. Teams that aren't able to handle the opposing group's pressure, they buckle when groups go full court looks on them and don't have somebody that's comfortable being able to deal with that pressure. It starts at this early age, man, and developing healthy habits to be able to build on because you got to be a good ball handler in the post. You got to be a good ball handler, you know, when you're operating on the wing. Got to be a ball handler on all aspects of the game of basketball. So I love to hear that. So it's so important, bro. Especially in the shot clock. Like once is, once once you add a shot clock to the game, like plays can't save you at that point. When the shot clock is winding down, there's no play that's about to save you. You got to be able to create something. So you got to be able to dribble. And that's that's uh, definitely been my philosophy. And that's what uh, shout out T.J. Thompson, who was my trainer growing up, my mentor, and you know all we did was was dribbling and shooting off the dribble like that was that was our go-to thing and and you know helped me get as far as I did so you know definitely trying to pass that on to the next generation do you uh extract drills from anybody else that you really like stealing good ideas from how do you kind of keep things fresh for the kids when they're coming in I really I, I, I'm I really do everything that I learned from TJ so like it's literally straight skill work shooting off the dribble being able to create and the fun part about it for me is like, I walk in every day and I just, I kind of have to think of something. Like I have to get creative, like what creative move can I think of for them to go over? And then it's repetitions with that creative move. So it won't just be one rep of them doing maybe a between the legs, behind the back, whatever it is. It's multiple times to a layup and then multiple times to a jump shot and then multiple times to a step back and then multiple times to a three. So that they're really getting that move down and they're, they're getting different shots off of that move. Love that. Love that, man. And, and speaking of, getting multiple shots off of a move. Let's jump right into the X's and O's of things and and take a step back into time, man, if you will, to refresh. Obviously, some people don't want to go back into the last couple of games for RU basketball, but some exciting things definitely happened over the last couple of weeks of the season. That Michigan win, um, 62-50, to 50, RU needed it. 
um, in the first in their first matchup in the Big Ten Conference tournament. The Derek Simpson takeover continued, man, and obviously it was an all hands on deck affair. Scarlet Knights really did their thing um, and was able to essentially get a dub when they needed it most. And I think that the future really looks bright with the freshman really stepping up and looking like he is solidifying himself going into his senior season out in Chicago. I mean, man, he's just so talented. He's so talented. He's so athletic. He's He knows how to play the right way. He has a certain demeanor about him. He has a certain swagger about him. Like, you could tell he wanted the shots. Like, he, he was getting them up, you know what I mean? Like, and you need, you need somebody like that. And you need somebody who's aggressive and in attack mode. And you saw – the whole team kind of changed when they put the ball in his hands mm-hmm. and it was needed. And, and and it took them a little, I think a little bit longer than they hoped to figure it out because losing a guy like Mawat is not easy. Losing a, a starter, your most efficient guy on offense, you, you know, one of your best defenders. Um, it's not easy to figure out how to shift everything and, and to make, make all the pieces fit again in a, in a different way. And, mm-hmm. Eventually they did, and, they, and it was Derek. I mean, Derek was absolutely the key. He was the reason why they, they beat Michigan. I, I thought they were in after that game. But honestly, like listening to the committee give their explanation and, and taking a step back for a second and kind of looking at the bigger picture, it did it did make sense on why they, they left RU out. I think there, there, there were some holes in the resume, and you know they, they, they didn't play well in February, and that, that's super tough. And the committee looked at it, well, Mawai Mag isn't coming back for the tournament, and this is how they played without Mawai Mag. So, you know, I, I do understand it. Um, but I, I thought they were in for sure after they beat Michigan, like especially the way they played against Purdue. I was like, okay, they're showing that they play well against great teams. And, and let's be real, I know Purdue lost the first round, but they were a great team throughout the whole year. And Michigan was a very good team throughout the whole year. So it was tough, man. It was tough. Limiting the Wolverines to 50 points. Yeah. And, and as Rafael Davis kept reiterating, turning the faucet off in the second half, yeah. they only scored two buckets. It's you know, crazy. In the course it's crazy. Of it's like, it's 18 minutes, game, which is like, insane for yeah. a group to do. If there was any definitive um, <laughs> performance that a group needed to be able, I think, to pad at the last second. Obviously, at that point, it, it might have not even mattered with the committee probably having their mind made up. Yeah, RU came out and got it done. And boy, was it very, very exciting because it was a battle back and forth in the first game. And it's so funny how it was just difficult to beat any team multiple times in a the season. They got Jet Howard back, and I thought that obviously he was going to be an interesting influence on the game but you know when you get an added dimension offensively that doesn't mean that you're always going to be able to take advantage of the whole game especially defensively and I think it changed the dynamic of what allowed Michigan to really take over and do well when they beat RU earlier in the season um, in Piscataway. Yeah no 100% agree bro I think even just adding Jet Howard like he's got to get his shots at the end of the day Mm -hmm. he's got to get his shots so you know you it, it, it changes the offense where maybe it's not as much ball movement or it's not as much forcing. Like, in the day, he's a super talented player and he's going to take some tough shots. And sometimes that hurts you more more than it helps you, and, and that's just the reality of it. And um, and he's young, too, so, you know, he's probably wants to shine in the moment and get a, get a yeah. couple couple tough ones up, and it just it changes the offense a little bit. I thought they played really well while he was out, and I'm not saying that he was a cancer to the team or anything like that, but... It just does. It does change the dynamic when you have a, a talented guy like that who 
needs to get his shots up. It's just the way it goes. For sure. Caleb McConnell did his thing. Um, multiple contributions. Caleb had three steals, got him right into pouncing distance um, up against Eddie Jordan, uh, RU's number one leading steal guy in program history, Fast Eddie, um, had Caleb the blanket McConnell on his heels for the remaining couple of games in the season. And you see that he was also mentioned as a finalist in that National Defensive Player of the Year conversation after winning his second consecutive Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year award as well. You love to see it. Man, shout out my guy Caleb, man. He's been <laughs> yeah, he's been through the, the the wars, man. He's been through the battles. Like, talk about injuries, surgeries, like everything you could think of, this man has done overcome it. Like, and, and I got so much respect for him because he never really did get the the spotlight with, with me and Ron over there. And, you know, he did all the dirty work and the fact that he was the guy to get two defensive player in the year player of the year in a row for the Big Ten is something that you don't you don't see that it's not a thing you know and I, I think that it's probably not even talked about enough like that doesn't happen you know the fact that he was able to do that is super impressive have you watched the the press conference after the Hofstra game it was it was a tearjerker bro like it, it was tough but the, I think the coolest part about it like it was it was super real you know they I, these guys really defended Coach Pike um, the same way that I think Ron and I would have defended Coach Pike and his philosophy and his system and, and the family atmosphere that it is. Like, I thought that was the best video that you could possibly show a recruit. Like, there's not a lot of schools that are like, it's not like that at a lot of places, bro, where mm-hmm. guys are going to come out and, and defend their coach that way and, mm-hmm. and, and really mean it. Like, at the end of the day, I know I can like Coach Pico would help me with anything. Like I, I do. And and the fact that me and Ron are still so involved with the program, like that's for a reason. It's not because, you know, we just want to be involved with the program. Like we that it's a family atmosphere. we we feel like we're still a part of it. And um and it goes even beyond just the basketball team. Like it goes to the community too. Like it, it felt like we were really embedded in the community and we changed the vibe of the of, of the community. And um Caleb was a huge part of that, and Paul was a huge part of that, and, and that press conference was was tough. It was, it, it, was, was it was tough. tough. You watched like, it? Did you see it? It was it was it was gut wrenching, and I got yeah. I just was speechless over the last couple of games that things concluded the way that they did. But that's just somehow sometimes how the ball bounces, and I love that you brought that up. Uh, what's yeah. being built is bigger than the game in itself. It's an actual program or program, as uh, Nick Saban be saying down in in, in Alabama, but. You love what Coach Pico has done, and and for RU fans that are quick to jump off the ledge, if you will, you got to be patient with the process. Not every year you're going to get to the Final Four, and this is how it goes. You, injuries are part of the game. Adversity is part of the game. Yep. Um, and for a guy that, in myself that I'm referencing, that played at RU when it was it was in the shithole, if we just keeping it a buck, yep. um, no connection to a lot of the, the, the coaches that I played with, like Pike really embraced me. He embraced all the other alums that he didn't even get a chance to coach and yeah. welcomed, welcomed us into the family with, with open arms. So you understand why he gets the most out of his players in these types of situations, man. That's a, that's a, a great pivot over into the next game, which was RU versus Purdue. You get that matchup. RU beat Purdue out in West Lafayette when they were number one, and you know that they wanted to come out and get 
um, you get their look back if they could. And right. um, they they just did what they did well. They continuously posted up Zach Eady. I was interested to see how those young freshman guards would respond to the pressure. And then they just ate glass the entire game and controlled the flow by administering their will, getting to the free throw line. Yeah, man. I mean, I was I was <laughs> I was saying course I watching that game. I was <laughs> I was eating a hot dog for breakfast. <laughs> Living. Hey man, that's what I. It like really hit me. Awesome, bro. Really hit me. I'm like, damn, I'm really retired, bro. Like I'm sitting here. I had two hot dogs for breakfast to watch this game, bro. Like it's like ten or eleven in the morning, and I'm sitting course out with two hot dogs. You was on vacation, bro. It's all good. Our producers called you the glizzy cake, but it's all good. And that's fine. I was putting on my story too. I was putting it all out there. I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm. This what I'm doing. A lot of people were sliding up. Talk about oh, I'm wilding. Oh my man, I'm good. We chilling. It's, it's vacation, man. I'm and I'm retired. So it's a retired life. Love chilling. to see you living your best chilling. life post playing days, man. Max it and relax it as you should. But what did you see? What did you see from your perspective in that game? That are you? I mean, they played their ass off. Play play so hard, bro. They played so hard. And really, I'm not gonna lie. I don't even really remember it like too much from the game. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was a lot of emotions when they lost. I was sitting next to to Randy. Uh, the academic advisor during the game so you know obviously we were you know pretty upset about it but I just remember the guys playing super hard Purdue was hitting a a lot of threes from what I remember some tough shots at the end Um, and then obviously Zach Eady was just dominating in the paint and that's I mean the dude is a beast that's what that's what he did all year so it was it was a tough game for sure yeah, you got girls who went above and beyond. I think he he scored twenty something in that game. Really, That's who it was. double Gil, or yep. tripled his uh, yep. his his output and his productivity. Yep. Um, and then <laughs> that's the game where. Uh, what's his name? Junior came in and hit a couple of tray balls. The point guard. The point yeah. guard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He hadn't played, or he at least wasn't contributing like that for the majority of the year. But he's been. I mean, he was a really good spark for them in postseason play. Really, really ones. good. Really good influence he was as season player who scored a bunch of points at other stops throughout his college career. You know, that's why you get seasoned guys in the transfer portal. So pay dividend for for Coach Painter in that instance. But really good game for Derek Simpson, 18 points, three steals. Paul Mulcahy, 10 points. Cam Spencer, 13. Caleb McConnell, um, you know, he came in to that game and got a couple of steals. And he left it one behind. Eddie Jordan for, yep. you know, needing that record or almost surpassing that record. But Antoine Wolfolk loved his energy throughout the whole Big Ten, um, the Big Yo, Ten Tournament dude. Conference. He had that one coast-to-coast layup. That shit was tough. I was Stop the ball. Was, Somebody stop like, the ball. Was, again, me and Randy sitting there, we're like, we're like looking at each other like, oh, he about to dribble this like all the way up. Like, he just keep going. Like, hold on. Hold on. Like, and usually with a big man, you're like, yo, pass it, pass it. But he kept going. He looked, he looked smooth and under control. Yeah. And, and uh, man, and I'm he really worked excited. on his his ball handling growing yeah, up. Yeah, man, I'm excited about his development because you know he can really move for a big guy, and he's smart. Like you can see it with some of the passes that he makes for back doors, and mm-hmm. you know the different defensive rotations that he makes, mm-hmm. which is just kind of just like natural basketball IQ, and that's mm-hmm. something that you really you can't really teach that. Like you just yeah. either have it or you don't, and, and he has that, which is. Super impressive. I don't think we, other than maybe Miles Johnson, at times, we never we have we never really had a big man like that in my era where like, you know, we could give it to them and we know they're gonna make the right play out of the post or out of the high post to you know make that right pass and, and make a good decision with the ball. So I'm yeah. excited to see to see his development, man. 
Agree. Very cerebral. And um, I hear a lot of uh, comparisons to Rashad Kent, who was a dual athlete, football, basketball dude, could have went and played at a high level for either of those particular sports. And Big Wolf, I love that he fights with his feet in the paint. Yeah. Um, even against Zach Eady, where you got to be ultra physical to just work tirelessly to always keep your feet moving, be light on your toes to try to fight around and to try to get tips on, on basketballs uh, to be disruptive. He has a really high ceiling considering he's already playing defense, connected with his teammates and, and being very vocal on that back line. You love yeah. to see it. After the game, man, um, got a chance to, to run into Gene Cady afterwards grabbing an Uber, uh, and that was kind of one of those basketball, at least Big Ten, Mount Rushmore uh, encounters. You love to see him still around supporting uh, the conference at Purdue, man. Obviously, um, you know, you can't get much more respect than having him, you know, at at, at the arena for that particular game. Can we just talk about that Zach Eady can come back? (laughs) Like, this man can come back. (laughs) You think he will? I don't. Hey, look. This is and my two cents is stay in college as long as you can. That's that's how I see it. I say that to the What's his projection in your in your in your opinion? If he was to go pro? I don't know. I think he's a great overseas player. I mean, I think he would be on a roster. He would be on an NBA roster. He has to be. He's more talented than some of those like really big dudes that have made some NBA rosters in the past. Like Taco Fall was kind of bouncing around for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know where he's at now. I have no idea, but He's better than Taco Fall. Like that's mm-hmm. not even not even a question. It's not even close. Um, and he has he has touch. Like I remember seeing a video before the before the game against FDU where he was like he was cashing out like an NBA three. And it's like <laughs> you know obviously he's never taken one in a college game. I'm not saying that he's ready to do that, but it's like his his free throw doesn't look bad. He has a lot of touch. So would he be able to develop that little pick and pop? I don't know, but. Um, one thing about him is, I mean, he's a worker. He can rebound. You know, he can score over both shoulders, and he's he's big as hell. Obviously, in the NBA, the only thing you got to worry about, and, and it's happened. This is how Purdue loses all the time: is they just put him in ball screen action. In the NBA, only thing they're doing is ball screen action. Like, yep. so that's where teams are going to be like, ah, like he will he will get cooked. Like, it's not like it's Derek Simpson and, and Paul Mulcahy coming off the screen is is tough, but shit. CP3 <laughs> and mm-hmm. some of these NBA guards coming up mm-hmm. about Shea Gilders Alexander coming up about that. That's that's more than tough. Like, hey, you gotta you gotta know how to defend that. And he's not there yet. Like, that's just the reality. He's not there yet. Um, and I don't you know if he ever will be because you gotta so sit big. down and slide those puppies against yeah, those, and so, they will. They they mix dudes for fun at that level. Right. Um, whenever yeah, in those one on one predicaments, they just mess around with them. They don't even, they don't even, <laughs> It's gonna be bad. So that's Bullying. if I'm him, I'm going back to school. I think they're trying to work out some sort of NIL deal for him. I know he's from Canada, so they gotta figure that out, the foreign yeah. the foreign rules with that. But um if they can figure that out, I if I'm him, I'm I'm going back. You know, you're gonna make solid money, you get to continue to play college basketball, you get to continue to get an education, you know, times have changed where you don't you don't really need to, to leave right now and, and you'll be fine. It's a good point, man. You mix that in, you got Mr. Indiana basketball, Caleb First, and Trey Kaufman-Wren, who looks like he's only getting more and more confident. And those young guards that are going to take that next step into their sophomore season and Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer. Um, And then you got some kids, Redshirt, and then Purdue's just going to be right there, back again at the top of the conference. Perfectly fine. I I say it all the time. I think Coach Payne was the best coach in the league. 
and, and, and he's a player's coach and you know you can see how smart he is in the press conferences and you can you just kind of always see that the gear is turning in his head and the answers are so articulate you can tell he's just such a smart dude um, he's going to have those guys ready to go. I do think they need a, a guard. I think they need a guard. I don't Braden Smith is, is extremely small. He's not that fast and he's not that athletic. And he, he was the weak point against FDU. I think he had like eight or nine turnovers. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't do that in an NCAA tournament game. Like it's not, it's not going to fly. So, you know, I think they do need to find one or two more guards to, to kind of figure that out. And, and, I'm, and, you know, he could obviously get better, too. You know, obviously that's that's a big part of college basketball is developing your game, you know, throughout your years. But I think I think they could use some help with the guard position for sure. Agreed. Agreed, man. And they battled that team tough and really administer a ton of pressure in that second half, which made things very interesting. Purdue has struggled with that. And I think RU really showed that blueprint early on in the yeah. season out in – their home court uh, in West Lafayette uh, being able to get them flustered and, and be uncharacteristic when they turn the temperature up. And they did so in the second half at the United Center. And I'm really proud of the way that they competed. And I thought for sure that at least leaving that game that RU had a shot of getting into the NCAA tournament. Let me just pause right there yeah. for a second. If you had to summarize your reaction to go, did you watch the the show, the tournament uh, show? God, I was, I wasn't watching it. I was chilling. I was laying in bed, bro. I was laying in bed chilling. I'm like, yo, they, they're in. They're good. Like, I really thought. I mean, yo, ninety. What was it? Ninety five percent of brackets. Ninety seven. Whatever. Whatever the hell it was. It was. It was a big percentage. So I'm like, yo, we're chilling. Like, I'll just, I'll just look at the bracket later once it's all filled out. I don't right. need to watch team by team. And then I'm scrolling through Twitter, and it's like. All my Rutgers people are starting to stress. <laughs> like, like, what's going on? Like, damn, Rutgers isn't getting in. Like, all this different stuff. I'm like, let me just turn this TV on. And I ended up calling, uh, I called Ron while I'm watching it, while I'm watching it. And it's me, Ron, and then another one of our friends, Ron, on the call together. And we're like, damn, like, nah, they're not, they're, they're about to not get in. Like, and that last 11 seeking, you know, we're all just like mouth wide open, just jaw dropped. Like, damn. This is crazy. And I heard that they had, like, the, the TV crew was in the locker room recording, like, waiting for the reaction. Because, like, nobody knows. At the end of the day, nobody knows. Like, you have no idea. You just, you, they bring the, they, they, they bring the TV crews to all the bubble teams. Like, if you're on the bubble, the TV crew is being sent to get your reaction in case you do make it. But they never show the teams that don't make it. Like, right. but they're there. The, the TV crew is still there. So, like, that's the crazy part about it. It's like, the team, the, the cameras are right in your face, waiting for your reaction, and then you don't get called. And it's like, fuck. Like, that's crazy, bro. It's crazy. I remember watching it for a year last year, like from my my spot, and RU was called very quickly. Yeah. And oh my God. It was so it I was was great. In, it was great. I was anticipating that to be the theme for this yeah, year. Right. And right. Like, <laughs> got through the first region. I'm like, all right, we still good. We still got the option. Second one, I'm like, all right. When they started announcing the third names and I didn't hear anything that was trending favorable for the Scarlet Knights, I started to worry a bit. Uh, and then shell-shocked at the end, jaw on the floor, and just like, dang, like all that over the weekend was for not? Right, bro. Good pivot. First seed or number one seed in the NIT. Pause right there. What do you think is the mental 
for the for the guys. Once that happens, sure, and you man. gotta just reload and and then get ready for nit. And also shout out to Coach Pikes, and of course we're gonna take the opportunity to, yeah. to play it. No, I was happy that I was happy that they decided to play it. I thought it was the right move. Um, especially you want you want Caleb to get you want Caleb to play as many games as he can play. You know, it's his fifth year. He's he's got no more. He's got no more. No more time left. Let him let him finish his games up in the rack. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how the mindset was. I didn't ask any of the guys. Is you know, I don't, you know, it's it's tough. You know, they they kind of got to go through that adversity on their own together. Uh, not making the tournament. I didn't really want to ask too many questions. Uh, you know, because I understand the the pain in that situation, or at least I can try to understand it. Right? We we obviously had a different situation the year before. Um, for me, if we made the NIT my last year. I'd have been fucking pissed. I think, I think, I think it starts out as like, as I've been thinking, I've been talking to a couple people about it. Like, it starts out as like, man, fuck that shit. Like, you don't want to do it. But then you're like, yo, fuck everybody. Like, like we're just going to get it. Like, we're just going to get it. So that's what I was kind of hoping for from them. Um, and I think they had it. I thought they, I, I thought it was a really good game. Hofstra just didn't miss. Like, Hofstra was not missing. I, I didn't love, the press, like I thought, they they kind of overused that press. Hofstra was breaking it pretty easily, and, and mm-hmm. it was just like a lot of like easy baskets at points. But in terms of mindset, bro, like I thought, I thought the guys were locked in. It seemed like they had good energy. You know, Caleb, like he was hurting a little bit in the games, so like being able to play through that. Uh, you could tell the guys wanted it. They were visibly upset when the game was over. You know, so I, I, you know, I give him credit because again, I don't know where my head would have been at, bro. I really don't. I've been trying to think it through. Like I'm hoping that I would have, like, like I just said, get mad and be like, "Yo, let's just get it." But at the same time, like, I think it's easy to check out. You have one goal. You have one goal the entire year: make the NCAA tournament. And you still have basketball to be played, but the goal can no longer be achieved. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're basically telling college kids to reset an entire goal right away like immediately like okay no this is the new goal when the nit it's like what the fuck like, that's the that? ability to compartmentalize which yeah. is i think one of the best and most admirable traits of really good leaders and yeah. not to say that that's not what the team was able to do or they weren't able to do right um it's just really difficult it's yeah. difficult to be a human and control your emotions and then yeah. have to recalibrate and, and focus on a new task at hand that you just alluded to. And good game, nonetheless. I was really impressed. I called the game with Jerry. I was going to you, you did call it? Yeah, 5,100 fans showed up. Obviously not as as um, packed all the way up to the top of the loud, region, but It was loud as hell. And yeah. RU Nation came out, you know, really, really thoroughly for the, the entire year. So you got to shout out RU Nation for that, for sure. Oh, and yeah, definitely basketball to be played considering that Caleb McConnell entered that game one steal behind Eddie Jordan, got it, 221, stamped him as the best defensive player in, in Rutgers basketball history for sure. Argue with that if you want. Um, Cam Spencer, 22 points. Are you led with five by lot five points with 30 seconds left? And shout out to Tyler Tom- Thomas, 25 points. He was a second team all CAA guy. He was killing. <laughs> He was killing, and they and, and they did a good job on Aaron Estrada, who was the Player of the Year, yeah. 
in that conference. I held him to 13 points. Didn't allow him to get into a groove. Fouled out, but, didn't he? Yeah, they shot six Fouled. of eight from the field in OT. So they, they hit big shots. And one thing I think the tournament has taught me is don't full court press lower tier Division One opponents or teams. No. No. That's what they do to one another. They play at a very fast pace. They play four or five guards sometimes. And they're not even going to bat an eye at that. They've been getting pressured their entire lives. And they got tough, gritty guards that embrace that. They were they were destroying that press. It was uh I mean it was it was a lot of easy buckets off of it and I thought I thought, you know, obviously I'm I'm not I'm not the the, the coach. I have no idea, but you know, I, th- I thought that was something they could have just adjusted uh quicker, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to at a certain point you got to realize that that press is getting eating alive, man. It was it was tough. It was tough. And and then overtime, I mean, they were making some tough buckets, bro. They ran yeah, they impossible ran a, shots. They ran a really good play. I think I can't remember if it was the end of regulation or, or an overtime. But they got a they got a great down screen off of a uh, sideline out of bounds to get a three. And it was still a tough shot. Like Caleb still contested the hell out of the shot too. I remember and the dude made it. I think it was the end of regulation and um I mean, they did. You know, they they played they played really good offense, really good offense. Yeah, really did. Congrats to Speedy Claxton. Did a really good job. I grew up watching that dude on a Sixer, so to see yeah. him now on the sidelines as a head coach, it's just proven my that's ass that. is getting old, bruh. But yeah. such is life. Such is life. Um, I guess lastly, just to put a cap on things, man. If you had to categorize or sum up the season in a couple of words from your perspective, what would that be? Oh man, put me on the spot. I think I mean I listen, if you go back, let's go back to the beginning of the year expectations. <clears throat> this was considered by a lot of people to be a rebuilding year. Or not not rebuilding, uh yeah. a reloading year. Reloading year. That's the right word. Yeah. Re- reloading year where you have Ron who goes off to the NBA, myself uh graduating. We were two you know, long time leaders of the program. And I think people didn't really know what to expect. They, I think they thought that there was less talent on the team. I thought that they did a really good job, especially in the beginning of the year by making up for that with the ball movement and the team defense. I mean, some of the defensive clinics that they put on throughout the year were like extraordinary. I've never seen defense like that before. Um, so when you take all that into account where some people had the team, I think, I forget, Jeff Goodman had him at like 12th preseason. Like, you know, people weren't expecting much. Um, and I know these guys expect a lot more of themselves and I don't I don't want to compare it to their expectations, but I think to the outside world expectations, I thought it was overall a very good year. Um, you know, you, you finished in the top half of the Big Ten again. They were what eleven and ten and ten in the Big Ten? Ten and ten, 10 in the Big 10, ten. Yep. There's only been like I think there's I saw some stat, I'm probably gonna get it wrong, but it was like only four teams in the past like three or four years have done that. Uh in the Big Ten, which is, you know, super impressive that, you know, they've maintained that. And um I you know, I thought they I thought they had some some great times and obviously you know, they had some hard times too. But overall I thought it was a successful year considering that you lose a guy like Moab Mag, who is a starter the entire year. He's a super efficient player, does all the dirty work. He doesn't have an ego, so it's like you don't really need to worry about giving him the ball or in the play for him. And you lose that, and it's like, oh, shit, where do we go next? And you got to rely on a freshman and Derek Simpson to step up and, and make plays. And 
I thought he grew up a lot. So overall, I think you should be really happy with the season just because these guys are showing flashes of, of what's to come. I mean, there's going to be a lot of talent coming in and Derek and, and Wolf and guys like that are showing that they belong in the Big Ten. Like Derek is a future star, 100%. Cam has proven that he belongs in the Big Ten. And you, you go get back to it next year. Like at the end of the day, like you, it's more basketball to be played. Let's go. Let's go figure it out again. Agree. Definitely an emotional roller coaster, man. Um, a lot of excitement, I think, pretty much took care of business. A couple of st- stumbles early on in the season, but that's to be expected when you're still feeling, you know, out who you are going to be and what your identity is going to be in a year that you are proverbially reloading, if you will, losing the likes of Gio and, and Ron and some other guys. That Temple game, love that bounce back after that, after they went up to Mohegan Sun, Caleb Battle. And we'll see where he ends up. You know, he's in a, the portal, not speculating anything, just throwing that out there. Um, going down to Miami and getting that matchup with Wong and Nigel Peck was a good test in the ACC Big Ten Challenge as well. And then yeah. you bounce back after that, after that loss to the Hurricanes, and you're able to beat Indiana, should have beat Ohio State on the road, and Indiana came in with all the juice. Ohio State, obviously we knew what happened there, got cheated. That Seton Hall game, I was like, woof, that was tough. But the resiliency of this team to always have an answer, Purdue on the road, Maryland at home, um, you know, it just showed that they were ready to go to distance and at least step in for heavyweight fights even when they got knocked down. You yeah. know, Carl Hobbs loves those boxing references. This team yeah. picked themselves up off the mat, man. And, yeah, you know, if this is a down year, then you'll take this because, listen, yeah. and, and it's not a down year in my opinion. Um, 19 and 15 overall, 10 and 10. Um, you get really crucial minutes for some of your younger guys that are going to be building blocks. Um, you have multiple sellout crowd. There hasn't been, you know, this much support for the program all in all. Really good pieces. It's all going to be contingent on now what the next two to three months look like for this team. Who comes back? Who goes? Who comes into the transfer portal? And then how will these freshmen coming into this season or next season be integrated. So let's switch all over to the scouting report. Would love to keep it right there and talk about what do you think the team is going to look like? And obviously we don't got to speculate. Like the answer could be, you don't know, but with some of these freshmen coming in, any anticipation on who could potentially come back? And then like, what would this team need to kind of focus on to be able to be very competitive in the big 10, you know, for the 2023, 2024 season? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm excited to see Gavin, of course. I mean, five-star, great shooter, athletic. I don't want people to put too much pressure on him to start. Like, it's hard being a freshman in the Big Ten. It's it's hard being a freshman in, in college basketball. It's it's hard learning about your, your class schedule and study hall and weight room and putting all that together like there is a lot of stuff that is going to be going into this man's head at one point and he's also not really the type of guy where it's like he's going to demand the basketball and he's you know he's i need this many shots he doesn't really have that type of personality i think he's going to be an amazing teammate i think he's going to be an amazing shooter and i think he's eventually going to grow into that role of i'm the guy but i think a lot of people are just like expecting gavin to come in he's this grand savior and i think people should pause the brakes just a little bit on, on that you know it's not it's it's never that easy it really isn't unless you are there's like a handful of 
freshmen who are able to make that happen for a program and and do it while also winning like i think that's also the other part is like there's there's a lot of great freshmen out there who have great numbers and they ain't winning like they're the team's not winning you know and and that's that's like the, the major key um in terms of the, the guys coming back i think you know it's it's going to be interesting i don't i don't have any inside sources right now i don't really know who is definitely coming back who isn't i i i'm assuming that i think cliff will test the waters uh, obviously, Caleb's gone. If I was Cam, I would test the waters. I don't. I don't see why you wouldn't. You know, but but obviously, though, that's up to those guys. Paul, same thing. You know, he, he has another year of eligibility left, so it's kind of just up to you know, do you want to come back for another year of college, or do you feel like you're, you know, you're you're moving on in life, and and sometimes that's just how it goes. You know, sometimes it is time to to, to move on and go to the next level or whatever it is that your professional career will be will be. Um, and obviously you have the other guys, you know, guys like Dre, Dean, Jalen, you know, Oscar, guys who maybe didn't play as much as they would like to. And that's that happens every year. Like every year there's guys, there's there's an exit meeting with, with Coach Michael at the end of the year. And every year there's a guy who's like, Coach, I wish I, I played a little bit more. And that's that's totally fine. That's how it is being a Division One basketball player. And you're a competitor. Like you want, you want to play. You want to be on the court. And those guys have tough choices to make, too, you know, because at the end of the day, Rutgers is a family. It is it is a second home for a lot of these guys. And they got to make a choice that's based on a lot more than just basketball and, and just playing time. And that's going to be interesting to see. But I, I do think we're going to see some some guys head out like I, I. It just makes sense to me, and especially with guys like Gavin Griffiths coming in like. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna try to take somebody's spot. Like that's, that's how it goes. Like he's gonna try to take somebody's spot, you know. So and guys understand that too. And you know, sometimes you can kind of see the writing on the wall, and you know it's time to move on. And for your personal career, like at the end of the day, you gotta do what's best for you. So yeah, you gotta it's, make it's gonna be interesting, bro. I don't know if you've heard. Have you heard anything about any of the guys? Or I mean, I've seen I test to that point that you just concluded. It just really shows that it's you gotta make the proper decision, business decisions at this level, yeah. obviously. Um, really exciting. Um, po- the outlook all in all should just be positive. Um, yeah. And moving in the right trajectory with Gavin Griffiths. Um, I, I saw him when he, he put on a clinic at, at the rack yeah. live, and he has yeah. game. He, he can He's score tough. it at every every level. He got the, the size, you know, he has, um, you know, the ability to be able to mix it up and really – you could just tell he's skilled and he's worked and hearing I don't know him or I don't know much about his background. So I'm excited to to learn that when he, once he gets on campus. But yeah. to your point of having to, to, to now transition away from having that support um, from your family in high school and then you got to learn how to be autonomous and, and, and to be self-sufficient in college and make the right decisions. And you have all yeah. this you know, notoriety and, you know, all this attention and you're playing in front of sold out arenas each and every night and everybody's good at the collegiate level. You should temper the expectations to allow him to grow into who he's going to be at his own pace. But if you get some of these guys to hit and come back and you mix in a confident Gavin Griffiths and, you know, some of these other commits that they have, they got Davis and, you know, potentially Bay and, and some other guys that are that'll be coming into this program and the advancement of Simpson and Wolfolk um, taking leaps into that second year. This is going to be a very competitive team all in all yeah. as well. 
It's gonna be a fast team. I'm excited about about Davis and Simpson and, and Griffiths. Like they're gonna they're gonna get out and run. I thought that was something that they could have done a little bit more this year. Uh, you know, but maybe just didn't really felt like, felt like they didn't have the pieces at times. But these guys can go, and you know, when Mawat comes back, like Mawat, Mawat can go. He can run. You know, so I'm, didn't I'm even excited to that. see. I didn't even right. mention that. Right. That's the craziest part about yeah. it. And then, like, yeah. I got the feeling that he's going to bounce back and be even more hungry, explosive. Yeah, of course. Modern-day technology. ACLs are not yeah. a ting anymore. You just it's come back much. and put your work in, and you'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, man. He's going he's gonna to do it. Like, at the end of the day, Mawat, talk about adversity. Like, we talk about with Caleb. Mawat's been through that adversity, too. And every time, he finds a way to bounce back. And, uh, you know, hopefully his mind is in the right place right now and I talked to him a little bit, and it's just about enjoying the, the, the baby steps. Like, you know, be happy when you can take a couple extra steps or be happy when you can get to that jog and be happy when you can make that little cut because that, those are all wins. And you mm-hmm. got you to gotta start to change your mindset a little bit and celebrate all those little wins until you, until you get back to, the, to those big moments. So, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him, and, and uh, I'm excited to see this team, though. I think, I think that they are going to be very good next year. I am not worried about the talent. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that. Cliff will decide to come back. I think, again, my two cents. I said the same thing for Zach Eady. Like, yo, enjoy college, bro. Like, all that other stuff is going to be there for a long time after. Like, you are good, bro. And, and enjoy college and enjoy Rutgers. Like, it's your home. It's your family. And you can still get better. Like, you can still get better. Like, there's, there's more there's more to be done. And, um I'm ex- I'm excited for it, man. I think I think that these guys will see that too. I think that a lot of these guys will end up making that decision to to come back for another year and run it back. And at the end of the day, the competitors like they don't. Cliff don't want to be known as like, oh man, we went to NIT. Like, no, he wants to come back, go to the tournament. Like, it's a fair point. And these bills ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Take your time in college. Yeah, get the man. most out of it. Maximize your potential, and, and and do things that you know continue to write history. So, yeah. that's the plea. At least from our perspective, Thanks. but awesome stuff, man. I, I know it's been uh, again a, a phenomenal season, being able to chop it up and and inject our perspective on things as well. This has been yeah. really cool, being able to play tennis with you and go back and forth over some of these topics. But we're still in the midst of the most exciting time in sports, at least from my perspective. NCAA tournament is off in full force. People aren't paying attention to their jobs right now. People aren't paying attention <laughs> to school right now. Everybody is tuned in into March Madness. Have you been watching these? And and, and the question I'm going to pose for you, I'm going to give you a second to think about it, and maybe you have okay. your bracket out in front of you, but okay. how is your big? How is your Final Four doing? Um, mm-hmm. I have Alabama, Houston, Duke, and UConn, so I'm still alive. How about you? I have... I have Arizona, so Oof. yeah, they did they they did me really great with that one. Uh, I have Texas, Kansas State, and what was my last team? Why am I tripping? Oh, I had UCLA. Hmm. Final four, yeah. So I'm I'm still alive, but I had I had Arizona going all the way to the chip, which hurt me a lot. But I have I have Texas winning it all, and I like I they're playing well, but shit, man, Alabama is good. Yo, they're good, bro. The yeah. way that they manhandled Maryland, like, I mean, let's just like look at some of these scores, bro. Like, nah, Quinterly. watching 
watching that game, they just they killed them. Like it wasn't like they they just they were so they were noticeably so much more talented than Maryland was. And I feel like in some of these other uh, NCAA tournament games, it doesn't look like that. Like they look so dominant, bro. They, I mean, it's it's a guards game at this point in the year, yeah. and you talk about resiliency, Ja Quinterly. Um, you know his story, being able to figure it out and go at his own pace and cadence, and he hit in that last game when they needed him most. And then Miller, I, arguably the most talented freshman in, in the country. He's so um, talented. I, I just don't know if 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 they run up against a buzzsaw of of a confident ticked off motivated Houston team mm-hmm. in the NC in, in the national championship game potentially. But yeah. take it a step back. Like is that is that you have winning? You have Houston, right? I have Houston winning. Yeah. I mean thing. Duke, is Duke gonna Duke? Is Duke gonna do what they do and just be the blue blood that they are and figure it out? Is UConn back? I don't know, man. Man, yo, you tripping. Duke lost, brother. Oh, did they? Yeah, <laughs> who do lose to? <laughs> they lost in Tennessee, dog. Oh, trip out because you were saying like, <laughs> hey, said, yeah, Duke going Duke? Uh, no, no, they not. They not going. <laughs> they 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 duped their way out of there. They're gone. <laughs> yeah, they up out of there. <laughs> Too many games. Man, they see. they lost. They lost Tennessee, man. I got listen. I got I got FAU in, in my uh, dang my, my bracket got, is trashed. Dude. Scratch exactly <laughs> what I just said. Actually, not not yeah. too bad. If Alabama can find a way to to, to make it to the chip, then I'm still. I mean, off. I think you still got three out of the four that are in still. Yeah. You say you got Alabama, Houston, Duke, and UConn. Uh, yeah, and UConn. Yeah. So I mean. UConn, UConn's still in there. They 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 look really good. I had I had St. Mary's being in my bracket. I don't know why I did that, but they look good too. Let me let me let me conclude with this though. Would it? I mean, there's only one Big Ten team left. The dean of the Big Ten, obviously Michigan State University. Mm-hmm. I didn't have them going very deep in the tournament at all. Yeah. Um, but what do you got to say? How far can these guys go? Can they make it to the Final Four? I I think they could. I think they potentially could. And I so I have Kansas State going to my Final Four. I had them beating Marquette. I think Michigan State is. I mean, I had I had Kansas State going to the Elite Eight after, yeah, against Marquette. But I think Michigan State is a tough matchup for them. I mean, Marquise Noel is a very good basketball player. Tough. So but tough. I think Hoggard and, and Walker can figure out a way to guard them. Like they, they're not, they're not worried about about that. I don't, I don't think. I think they're going to meet that challenge head on. Um, so I think that's like the that, that's like the one team for Kansas State that I'm a little bit worried about. I feel like Kansas State could sneak past anybody else, but Michigan State, I think they're going to have a very good defensive blueprint to try to neutralize that high powered offense. And can and, and Michigan State likes to get up and down too. Like let's not forget like. They're the kings of, of transition. That's how they've always played. So they're gonna they're gonna be ready to 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 get up and down game with with, with Kansas State. They're not worried about that. Yeah. So you know I think they can make a run. And then after that, you got the winner of FAU Tennessee. I think I think they can play with either of those two teams too. And Tennessee is a great defensive team as well. But that's defense versus defense at that point. Like it's just you know who's gonna hit a couple more shots and. 
I'm not going to doubt Tom Izzo. Like, are you going to doubt Tom Izzo? I mean, he's been getting a little bit of hate this year. They're the only Big Ten team left. You can't hate them. No, like, they, like what, how much hate can you give the man? Oh, he didn't right. find anybody in the portal. Oh, Michigan State hasn't been this in the past couple of years. It's like, well, shit, they're the only, they're the only team repping the Big Ten right now. Like, can't, you can't go against it. Which is crazy. Uh, and we talked about it this on the earlier pod. Scratch everything I was saying about Duke and apply it to Michigan State about being a blue butt. Much respect to Tom, <laughs> to Tom Izzo in this team. And uh, it's finding out ways to win. And I think that the tournament is about matchups and your individual path and how things shake out. A group in Tennessee who's down, you know, a very, a very significant key cog from a guard standpoint, still finding ways to win. But you just mentioned Noel. That dude has been on a tear. St. Patrick's, tough. Patrick School, Jersey. Basketball needs New Jersey. He's tough. That ass. But he's been cooking. <laughs> He's been absolutely yeah. dominant, and he, he seems to have one of those runs in him this year. So if he can yeah. find a way to continue to will this team, he just seems uber confident. But yeah, hopefully next year, man, we can change stuff for the Big Ten Conference, um, get some more representation deeper to, uh, into the tournament. We got to change that style of play up, brother. I don't know. That, that slow, big man style playing <laughs> big ten got going on rugged rebounding battle <laughs> like yeah. that shit gotta go man just for March Madness it got it gotta go man so I don't I don't know I don't I don't, I don't know. know how I feel about it right now but respectfully though to miss you know shout out Michigan State for doing what they're doing but I want to I want to continue to see Kansas State make a run I'm not gonna lie so I got I got Kansas State winning yeah. that game. you know I individual wanna, wanna, this is like an individual awards type time when I like yeah. to see players take over and programs that aren't supposed to be here find yeah. a way to step into the limelight. Shout out to Princeton. Yeah. Shout out to Fairleigh Dickinson. Shout out to Furman. Making most of the opportunity. It's been very exciting thus far. Fun. It's been None fun this year. It's like a, there's some real there's some real deal upsets, bro. Like it's been it's been a good year. I was this looking year. at uh the, so someone was asking me this like when was the last time that no number one seeds were in the final four, and I think it's only ha- it's happened three times. If if my source was correct on whatever it was, I googled. I googled this like two days ago, so um, I could be wrong even just about that now because I, I forget a lot of shit. <laughs> but uh, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's only, only happened. One, clearly. It's only it's only it's only happened it's only happened three times, and you know there's a chance there's a chance it could happen again this year. I don't, I don't think Houston's gonna lose though. They're probably gonna. I don't either. I don't, actually, keeps. I don't think Alabama's going to lose, actually. As long as that comes to fruition, I'll be confident in my bracket, at least to be able to project the national championship game. I'll take that. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. That's dope, man. Well, another f- nice, phenomenal opportunity chopping up with you. Any last words about mm. our U season, NCAA tournament? Anything else you got on the docket? Man, I think, you know, just for all the fans that are a little jittery about Coach Pico, a little jittery about Rutgers basketball, like at the end of the day, in my opinion, successful season, you're playing meaningful basketball in March. Like March Madness, is, it comes down. There's a lot of, you said it, individual matchups. There's a lot of different factors that goes into it. Like look at Purdue, great program, great head coach. 
I mean, great everything, great culture. Like that is the perfect like example of a of a great program. And you know, they just lost in the first round, but at the end of the day, they had a very good year. Like it was a very successful season. It's sometimes it's really hard to see that just because of one loss at the end of the year. And you know, if you know your Rutgers basketball fan, you you always want to be playing meaningful basketball in March because. Not too long ago, there wasn't there wasn't any, you know, and, and I was part of it. I was part of it. We, were, we weren't playing any meaningful basketball. We just felt like we were there just to be there uh, while other teams were playing meaningful basketball. And that shit sucks. So, you know, that, that's probably my one little thing to add and for, for Rutgers. You want not only meaningful basketball, but sustainable, meaningful basketball. Mm-hmm. You can see how quickly you can have it and then how quickly it can be taken away. Yep. You're hearing the rumblings with coaches leaving potentially from – uh, you know, Providence, Cooley. Yeah. Um, you got that whole carousel starting now. Who knows yeah. what Penn State looks like next year after that phenomenal run. Right, so, He's to your coach, point, man. and just to put a, a a bow on this box, enjoy the, the coaching tutelage, if you will, that you have at your disposal. Continue to support the program, and I think next year will be a very, very exciting and successful season. So, let's go RU. For sure, man. Let's go argue. All right. Appreciate y'all tuning in to this episode uh, and your support. And we'll catch you guys next time around. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.